to thank the worship band for getting us going tonight. Good stuff uh, for sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, it is uh, it is Thursday night, and we're at CCF. This is good stuff. And so, um, yeah, this is good. Um, so welcome again. I know you've already been welcomed multiple times, but welcome again to Christian Campus Fellowship, Dinner and a Message, uh, first one uh, of the new school year. Uh, excited. So whether you are here in person or joining us on the live stream, hi, live streamers. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for being here. We have a live stream, if you didn't know, so if you want to go back and watch this or whatever, it's, it's, it's on YouTube, that's the thing. We're also, y'all, we are, we are diving into the technology pool. We're going for a podcast this year, too. Ooh, I know, woohoo, fancy, fancy. So uh, that's, that's going to be up at some point later on next week. So, that, that's, so if, you, you know, if, you, if you miss a talk, if you can't be here, and the live stream is available, cool. If you want to do the podcast, you know, it'll be available after the fact. But that's the thing. So that's, that's all of that. So if I haven't met you yet, uh, my name is Donnie Holiday, And if I have met you, my name is Donnie Holiday. And if you're new, the jokes don't get any better than that. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> they really don't. I'm sorry. That's, that's about it. Uh, but I'm one of your staff members and uh, just absolutely uh, love what I get to do uh, for a living, uh, hanging out with college students and, and talking about Jesus, because that's, that's just what we're here to do. So I'm going to do that, but before I do any more of that, uh, I want to pray before we get going. So do what you do. Uh, God, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for another Thursday and another semester. Um, and I just pray, God, that you would just be with us now as we, as we look at as we look at your word, I pray that you would help us to, uh, to see what you want us to see so that we can know you better, God, and follow your son, Jesus, more closely. Uh, I pray that you would speak for me and hear for each of us uh, what you want us to, to hear tonight. Uh, we love you, God. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, so, um, you know, the little, if I haven't met you, I'm Donnie, and if I have met you, I'm Donnie. You know, a little dad joke. I'm a dad. I'm a dad and a pastor, so that means lots of bad jokes. It also means lots of stories. Here's a doozy. If, it were, if there were a title for it, it would, it would be, there were as many police cars as there were cars of ours. So, Labor Day weekend, we were driving up. There's a group of us. We had stayed for the Georgia game, an 8 p.m. game, and decided after the game to drive three hours to somebody's lake house because we're in college. Why not? So, we are in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. I mean, like, middle of nowhere, Georgia. It was just... And once we, crawled, we, we, we got past one of those, like, you know, little, little country town city limit signs, like city limit, and when we passed into that, and I was the fourth car of four, so I'm the back car, right as we passed into the city limit sign, these lights came on on the other side of the road and did a UE and got in behind us. So, obviously, it's a police car, and obviously, he's thinking, four cars, maybe they've come from Athens, I bet if I follow them for a while... Somebody will do something stupid, <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> so now, uh, so I'm, since I'm in the back car, I'm on my phone trying to call. This was like 20 years ago, by the way, but so there wasn't a hands-free law back in those days. But that shouldn't have to be a law. Don't be on your phone when you're driving. It's like in Florida and South Carolina, you don't have to wear a motorcycle helmet. That shouldn't have to be a law. You just do that. But I'm trying to call them, and nobody's answering their phones. I'm like, all right, whatever. Well, we miss our turn. And the guy leading, we're on a divided highway, and I guess he thought there was like a, a turn lane or a U-turn lane break in the concrete median, so he thought he would just do one of these UEs. There wasn't a break in the concrete median, so he did one of these. 
and just so basically like 90 degree turn the car behind him like swerves down to the ditch to keep from hitting him the car behind them skids to a stop between them and I skid to a stop behind him and put my window down and yell at my friend like what are you doing and what does he say dude there's a cop right behind you I know he's been there for miles pick up your phone <laughs> so the cop gets to me first I was just like oh He's like, good morning. Like, good morning. He says, how are we doing? I was like, doing okay? He's like, what's going on? I was like, well, my friend missed his turn, and I guess he thought there was a break in the concrete median. And no, I'm not kidding you. This cop looks at me and goes, your friend's kind of an idiot. And I was like, <laughs> yes, sir, he kind of is. But not as big an idiot as the driver of car three who does not see the blue flashing light and just starts to drive off. <laughs> so the cop lets out this, like, ear-piercing whistle that like I mean just I couldn't hear out of my left ear and went, hey stop and he goes and really just lays into my buddy in the third car and then checks on the second car and makes sure they're okay because they're halfway down to the ditch but they're okay and then he gets to the first car and I don't hear this conversation but it's relayed to me later that when he gets to the first car one of our friends she's asleep in the back seat and she's just woken up you know when you've just woken up you're a little groggy a little out of it and the officer shines a light in there as they do and he looks at her, and she looks a little groggy, or maybe a little, and he asks her how old she is. You know how when you've just had a birthday, you kind of forget for a little bit, so you say the wrong answer for a couple weeks, and then you're, oh, yeah, yeah, so, of course, worst case possible scenario, she goes, I'm 20, I mean, I'm 21. It's like, come on, it's like, none of us have been drinking, but he doesn't know that. But the best part of the story is not that cop, because as I said, there are four cars, only one police car at this point. Oh, no, three others have showed up. I think it was the biggest thing that happened in that town, like, ever, probably. <laughs> and so here's the conversation I hear. It's just fantastic. I think they were kind of ragging on the cop that pulled us over. I don't know if he was a rookie or whatever, but they were <laughs> it goes something like this. Dude, did he pull them all over? I don't know. I guess he did. Well, why is that one sideways? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is, me and Billy were down there at the Waffle House and see these four cars going by and saw him trailing them and figured, we should go. This is going to be good. <laughs> and they were right. It was good. The crazy part is, not only did nobody go to jail, no tickets. I still don't know how that happened. Oh, me. So why do I tell you that story? Well, for several reasons. Don't drive four cars in the middle of nowhere at 1.30 in the morning. You're probably going to attract some attention. But more importantly, because we all like stories, okay? I mean, whether it's a good movie or a good book or you're just sitting at the, you know, the living room hearing the same family stories you've heard forever, we all like a good story. And it is because of that that our theme this year is story time. It's painted up there on the wall. Um, this, if, if, if you're new, you're like, wow, this is, this is crazy. Yeah, the crazy part is it didn't look like this, like, last year, last month, it didn't look like this. This is what we do every year. We repaint uh, the meeting room to go along uh, with our theme. And our theme verse is also uh, printed back there. It's, uh, it's John 5, 39, where Jesus says, the scriptures point to me. Jesus basically says the whole Bible's about him. And so that's what we're going to be looking at with this whole story time um, idea, is, is, is this idea that the entire Bible... Um, is, is really, it's really about Jesus. And to show that, our, uh, I guess our jumping off point, our jumping off version of the Bible that we're going to be using is one I've used uh, several times over the course of the year. 
is the Jesus Storybook Bible. Now, if you look at it, or if you're kind of familiar with it, you might be like, dude, isn't that a children's book? Okay, technically marketed for children, but trust me, once we, once we hang out in this for a couple weeks, you're going to realize it is, uh, it is far from a children's uh, Bible. It is, this is really, really good. It does a great job of showing that the Bible's all about Jesus. Kind of their tagline is, is right here on the, on the wall, every story whispers his name. As we read through... Uh, the different stories, and, and we're going to use traditional Bible translations also. We're not just going to use this, but this is going to be our, our jumping off point. We're going to see that Jesus shows up in every single story uh, in this storybook Bible. It is, it is really cool. Now, if you're kind of like, are you, seriously, like stories? I mean, sto- are, you, are you kidding me right now? I mean, they're, stories are good. Stories, stories kind of get our attention. And maybe you don't think of the Bible as a story. Maybe that's not the first thing uh, you think about, which I think is fair. A lot of people have a lot of different ideas about the Bible. The Storybook Bible even addresses that, uh, saying pretty early on. Some people think the Bible is a book of rules, telling you what you should and shouldn't do. Now, the Bible does have some rules in it. They show you how life works best. The Bible shows you how life works best. Yeah, there's, there's, something, there's something to that. Other people think the Bible's a book of heroes, showing you people you should copy. The Bible does have some heroes in it, but as you'll soon find out, most of them aren't heroes at all. They make some really big mistakes, sometimes on purpose. Um, I would argue oftentimes on purpose. But then it says there are a lot of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story. And so that's what we're going to look at throughout the course of the year, is this one big story. And you know, I don't know how familiar everybody is with the Bible, but maybe you're like, but isn't the Bible like split up into books? And isn't it actually split up into like two big parts, like Old and New Testaments or whatever? And yes, that is true. There are divisions in it. But y'all, all of the Harry Potter books, that's the story of Harry Potter. There just happen to be a whole bunch of different books with a whole bunch of different chapters in them. It's still one story. Okay, and it's the same idea here. And, and this is one of those things, <laughs> if you've been with us for a few years, you have heard me go through all sorts of different um, descriptors trying to not say Old and New Testament because I don't like to say Old Testament because then it's like, oh, that's old, I don't need that. But the problem with, with the Bible is if you take out what's called the Old Testament, you really just chopped off the first, not half, the first three-fourths of it. And so I've, I've, I've used different language before, but this summer, as I was thinking about this theme and praying about this theme and God was telling me things about this theme, I finally realized it's one testament because it's one story. And yes, most Bibles do have divisions and, and that sort of stuff. But those came, I mean, hundreds of years after these original documents were written down. It's one testament because it's one story. It's, it's the story of Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do this year. And I think, I think if you'll hang out with us throughout the course of this, it'll be super helpful knowing that the Bible is, a story of, is the story of Jesus makes it easier to understand. And if we'll learn to do this, to listen for the whisper of his name in every, in every story, uh, I think we'll realize just how useful the Bible is. Because I believe it's useful to you every single day of your life. Now, the Bible has been misused every single day of your life. Not by you, necessarily. Maybe, but <laughs> probably, in all honesty, um, if you're anything like me. Um, but just because something's been misused doesn't mean it's useless. I mean, electricity's been misused, but we're not about to go to oil lamps around here. So it is super useful. 
And it's more than that, because as the story of Jesus, the Bible will make your life better and make you better at life. It's interesting, when I was, I oftentimes as I'm thinking about talks, I, I will send myself an email, like I just have my phone, I'll be like, go on Gmail and just send myself an email. When I started typing that, the Bible will make your life, it auto-filled auto easier. And I was like, mm-mm, that is not true. Fail, Google. It'll make it better, but not necessarily easier. Some things will be easier, but some things will be more difficult. So that's what we're going to do all year. We're going to look at the story of the Bible, the story of Jesus. So when you come in uh, every week, that's what you can expect. That's really why we have a theme, is so you have an idea of what to expect uh, when you come in. Uh, that and to keep me from going off the rails and doing who knows what. If we didn't have a theme, I'd just be out there. So that's the plan, Okay. Uh, to look at some of the small stories that make up the big story. And every story uh, has a beginning. So for our first message of the year, that's what we're going to do. We are going to, uh, we're going to start in the beginning. And we're going to start with a little game that we like to call this or that. I'm going to give you a couple choices, and we'll just go show of hands as to which one we prefer. And this actually is relevant to stuff that happened uh, in the beginning, in, in creation and that sort of stuff. So... Uh, mountains or beach? Who are my mountain people? All right, my beach people. Okay, and if you like, you, you can totally raise your hand twice if you want to. Okay, and if you don't like either one of them, you can keep your hand down if you want to. All right, next up, fall or spring? Who are my fall people? All right, what about spring? <laughs> the, 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 spring the, the spring people are the people who do not have allergies. All right, now, if you walk outside and you look up in the sky, would you rather be looking on a nice clear day at a nice, after, after it's rained, a nice rainbow or a night sky full of stars? Rainbow? All the stars? Ooh, all the stars. Okay. Nice. I like the stars. Um, now, here's the thing. Maybe you wouldn't consider yourself, you know, like outdoorsy or something like that. <laughs> I recently heard a, a, another uh, person who does what I do for a living, a, a minister, describe himself as an avid indoorsman. I was like, ooh, <laughs> preach, go ahead. Um, but we all have these things that when we see them, you know, out in the world, it kind of gets our attention, um, you know, kind of stops us in our tracks. And maybe there are some things that we purposely seek out because we know there are things that's just like, oh, that's just awesome. One of these things for me is this ginkgo tree. Um, now, the picture does not do it justice. This is, if, you're not, if you're new to Athens, the ginkgo is the uh, official tree of Athens. This is on Millage Circle. And late October, it looks like that. Right now, it's nice, dark green leaves. But it'll look like that in late October. You just go down here at Five Points, take a right on the Millage Circle. Then the road will fork, take a right to stay on Millage Circle. Then you come to a stop sign, take a left to stay on Millage Circle. And Millage Circle isn't even a circle. Welcome to driving in Athens. Um, <laughs> But there's ginkgos all over Athens, but if there's a prettier one than this one, I have never seen it. This is my favorite. I, I will go out of my way to drive past this thing in, in October. I just absolutely love it. Uh, also, and as many people that like the stars, you might appreciate this picture. This is the picture that the Hubble Space Telescope took back in the 90s. Now, earlier this summer, there's a new um, telescope up in space that apparently takes even better pictures. But this one I love because apparently they pointed the Hubble Space Telescope at an area of space that was completely dark, where they couldn't see anything. And they pointed at it for 100 hours, and that's what they saw. None of those are stars. 
Those are all galaxies. Millions upon millions of stars. I, just, I mean, I just love it. Just Stars are really cool. Um, another thing, if you ever come here um, on a day and it is raining, there's a good chance I'll be sitting on the front porch. I love the rain. Uh, I'm thankful it didn't rain during dinner. Uh, but I, I, just, I just love it. It reminds me that God's making all things new. He renews things. I just love, I absolutely love, uh, love the rain. Didn't until about two years ago. And I uh, just kind of changed my perspective on some things. Uh, this one's weird. I know it's weird. Red-tailed hawks are kind of a thing that just help me remember that God's looking over me. Um, we've got one that hangs out around here sometimes. What's his name? Tenry. Yeah, ten, I knew, of course Christian will remember. Um, <laughs> Christian was one of our MAs last year. He loves him some animals. But yeah, ten, so they just remind me that God's watching over me. And so, you know, the ginkgo, the, the, Hubble, the Hubble shot, rain, these red-tailed hawks, creation just really gets my attention. Maybe no more than these three creations. Um, that's my wife, Beth, and our two daughters. That's Lexi, who's in high school now. Yikes. Um, but she's killing it. And Carrington, who's in fourth grade, who is also killing it. Um, they're back there in the back. If you don't know them, you should get to know them because they are they're awesome. Now, all of those things, I don't recall, I don't refer to them as nature. That's creation. Okay, and I know with a room this size, maybe we got some folks that aren't really sure about the whole, how the Bible says things started in creation, and, and, and that's cool. I'm happy to talk uh, more about that, but the big thing, the reason I use that word is because creation implies that there's a creator, which implies that that creator had a reason and a purpose for creating. Now, I, I know... You know, maybe right now you're like, wait, seriously, this sounds, seems like Sunday school stories. We're really talking about creation? Yeah, because it's the beginning of the story. And remember, we're not looking at stories in the Bible. We're looking at the story of the Bible. Maybe you're like, okay, cool, Donnie, but Jesus isn't even in the story of creation. And I would say that John and Paul would beg to differ with you on that. Not the Beatles. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one, that one, I'm actually kind of proud of that one. Um, <laughs> which just totally popped in my head like during a staff meeting. That was oh, a good joke, God. That's funny. Um, if you're not familiar, John is uh, one of Jesus' closest uh, followers. Uh, he actually is credited with writing one of the four accounts of Jesus' time on earth, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are uh, called the Gospels, which means, just means good news. And at the very beginning of his account of Jesus' time on earth, John wrote this. He, that's Jesus, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay, Paul puts it a little bit differently. Now, Paul, if you're not familiar, uh, first ever Christian missionary, basically. Traveled around the Mediterranean world telling people about Jesus. Started a bunch of churches, wrote a bunch of letters. We have a lot of those letters uh, preserved in the Bible. And he wrote this. For by him, again, Jesus, by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So basically, if what the Bible says is true, and spoiler, I believe it is, um, and I'm happy to talk to you about the Bible any day. Um, and if you're like, what about inerrancy and infallibility? We can talk about that. I have no problem talking about that. But I believe the Bible's true. And as a Jesus follower, I believe the Bible is authoritative on my life. 
hear this part, even the parts I don't like. That's the hard part about it. Okay, even the parts I don't like. You can't, you can't cherry pick. Like, I'll take this, but I'm going to ignore that. If you're going to claim to follow Jesus, the Bible's authoritative on, on your life. So if what the Bible says is true, and I believe it is, and that means Jesus' fingerprints are all over creation. So tonight, hopefully, we're gonna, I'm going to try to help us see creation differently by focusing on what it does. Not how it came to be, but what it does. And I think this will be useful to us because when you see creation differently, then you start seeing yourself and others differently because we're each part of that creation. And so are they. You know, them. The folks you don't like and the folks that don't like you. So what I want to ask you tonight is, what do you see when you look at creation? Now, if you've been here for a while, you know that typically uh, I will put a statement up there repeatedly, kind of like my bottom line statement. I say, hey, if you don't remember anything else, I hope you'll remember this. I'm going to do that again this year, but it's going to be a question more often than not. Because I am just learning there is tremendous value in questions, and that questions stay with us longer than statements. Even statements that rhyme or have alliteration or what the, those stick a little bit longer. But questions really stick with us, even if we try to ignore them. So the bottom line for a lot of this year isn't going to be a, a statement. It's going to be a question. So what do you see when you look at creation? Maybe you're like, well, Donnie, I see a little bit of a dumpster fire because there's like glaciers melting and there's forests on fire. There's plastic floating all over the ocean. Okay, yeah, I know. It's not perfect. It used to be. More on that next week. That's what we call a teaser in the biz. <laughs> so, I mean, so maybe your initial thought is not favorable, but if that's the case, I would just ask you to just listen as I read how the Storybook Bible kind of wraps up its take on uh, creation. And, you know, it's a story, and so it would be cool if I could hold it up here, but you can't see that, but that's okay. I can take a picture of this and, boom, put it right there. So here we go. This is after... After it's talked about God creating all the stuff except for people, we get to God creating people. So God breathed life into Adam and Eve. When they opened their eyes, the first thing they ever saw was God's face. And when God saw them, he was like a new dad. You look like me, he said. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever made. God loved them with all of his heart, and they were lovely because he loved them. And they were lovely because he loved them. And Adam and Eve joined in the song of the stars and the streams and the wind and the trees, the wonderful song of love to the one who made them. Their hearts were filled with happiness. Nothing ever made them sad or lonely or sick or afraid. God looked at everything he had made perfect, he said, and it was. But all the stars and the mountains and the oceans and the galaxies and everything were nothing compared to how much God loved his children. He would move heaven and earth to be near them, always. Whatever happened, whatever it cost him, he would always love them. And so it was that the wonderful love story began. My favorite part of those two pages, without question, is Adam and Eve joined in the song of the stars and the streams and the wind and the trees. The wonderful song of love to the one who made them. Now maybe you see that and you're like, um, I know I'm not a Bible expert, but I don't recall seeing anything like that. That seems a little out there. Well... Maybe, but it's a great interpretation, version of something that we find in, in kind of the very middle book of the Bible. If you take a, a, an actual physical copy of the Bible, they do still make those, um, and you open it up right in the middle, you will come to a book called Psalms. 
And Psalms is different from the other books of the Bible. One, it's super long. There's 150 of them. Um, most of them are pretty short, but still. And it's mostly prayers or, or poems or songs. And the 19th one starts by saying this. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Sounds an awful lot like the song of the stars and the streams and the wind and the trees. So what do you see when you look at creation? When you see the stars in the sky, the birds flying, the, the fall leaves. What if it's more than just the laws of nature? You know, what if, what if it's creation praising the God that created? That's how the story of the Bible puts it, you know, the, the wonderful song of love to the one who made them. What if creation is actually praising God? To help us with this, we're going to talk about uh, two songs, uh, one that we're going to sing uh, right after I'm done and one that, um, that we're not going to sing, uh, and I'm going to tell you why we're not going to sing it, um, because I don't like it, <laughs> um, not, not musically, um, not anything like that, and, and one of these, Brooklyn and I have talked about this song a good bit, one of these days we might kind of do it as a mashup because the chorus and the bridge we're okay with, the verses are kind of mm, a little cringy. Um, and I remember the first time I heard this, um, and I'll just go ahead and be honest, I am fully prepared that some people are going to be like, I love that song. <laughs> it's about two years old, and it's popular in, in a lot of churches. Um, but my problem with the song, Christ Be Magnified, is this line right here. That's the first line of the song. Were creation suddenly articulate? What does that imply? It implies that creation's not articulate. Well, articulate, <laughs> articulate means giving fluent and coherent speech. Okay? So, what this song is saying is that creation isn't that. And... I think Psalm 19 would vehemently disagree with that. Remember again, the creation declares the glory of God. The heavens are singing its praises. I mean, to say that creation isn't articulate just because I don't understand what it's saying sounds a whole lot like if they don't speak English, just talk louder. <laughs> like, if somebody came in here next week and did the talk completely in French, and it sounded good. Would you understand it? Now, one of us would. We have a student, KB is like fluent in all sorts of languages. She's just amazing. And I asked her about this, and she was like, yeah, she's like, she said French and Spanish I'm pretty fluent in. So KB could then translate whatever that person said. And then we'd all be like, oh, wow, that person's super articulate. No, they were articulate the whole time. Just because we don't speak the language doesn't mean they don't have something to say. So creation is articulate. I mean, what do you see when you look at creation? What do, you, do you hear something? Because here's the thing. A um, little bit about my story. Before, uh, before, before God took my life and was like, oh, that was a good plan, Donnie. Here we go. Um, I was teaching uh, middle schoolers uh, math and science. And so 
I taught sixth graders science. And so a couple of those examples of things early on, I can talk to you about the laws of nature and how it works that the ginkgo tree goes from this dark green to this highlighter yellow. I can talk to you about chlorophyll wearing out and carotenoids, which are the non-green pigments. I can tell you why that happens. Okay, I can talk to you about that Hubble space, deep space uh, picture and, and talk to you about why the stars are different colors and why the galaxies are the shapes they are. I, I, I can do that. I didn't teach meteorology or animal physiology, so, but it rains because it does and hawks can fly. <laughs> um, and in sixth grade, we did a little uh, human development unit, if you know what I mean. Um, so, you know, I can talk to you about prenatal development and all of that. Um, so I can talk to you about those laws of nature. But here's the thing about laws. Laws come from legislators. Somebody puts the law in place. Somebody writes the law. Somebody creates the law. And what if that creation's trying to tell us about it? And we just don't think it's articulate because we just don't understand what's being said. Well, there's another song that I like a whole lot better that we're going to sing in just a little bit. It's called So Will I. And it has this line. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. The stars, along with the rest of creation, were made to worship God. Remember again, Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. The stars, as well as the rest of creation, were made to worship God. And here's the thing. Everybody worships something. Maybe you're like, Donnie, not me. I'm, I'm just here because I heard there's free food. And I know when I go home for Labor Day, my grandma's going to ask me if I've been to a campus ministry. So I'm just going to come so I can tell her. If that's you, give us two weeks. Don't be a one and done. Just give us two weeks, please. Um, <laughs> but so maybe you're like, I don't really worship anything. I'm not really re religious or spiritual. Well, do you have a top priority? Do you have something that's the most important thing in your life? That's what you worship. Is everybody worships something. Whether or not you worship isn't a choice. The only choice is what do you worship. And see, creation was made to worship God. Not because God's this egomaniac who's like, you know what, I should make some stuff that'll think I'm awesome. <laughs> That's what we like to do sometimes. Um, but because by worshiping him, creation points to God. Creation's a great big billboard saying, hello, God, he's the thing. That's why I'm here. That's why all this stuff is here. That's why the ginkgo does what it does. Because God wants us to know him. And to know his son Jesus through whom everything was created. Y'all, the stars can't help but shine. That ginkgo can't help but just glow in October. Creation can't help but praise God because that's what it was made to do. And what it was doing even before we showed up. Again, that line from, from the Storybook Bible, Adam and Eve joined in the song. The stars and the streams and the wind and the trees were already singing. Before Adam and Eve even showed up, creation has been praising God since before there were people. The only question is, do we see it? Do we realize it? Do we join in that praise? So again, what do you see when you look at creation? I have a, a friend that I haven't seen in 
in a, in a long time. But he taught me, and he didn't. He he taught me by doing it. He just tells God whenever he sees him. He sees a sunset. He's like, I see you. Flock of Canada geese flying. I see you. And now every time I see a red-tailed hawk, I see you. I'm not telling the hawk that. I'm telling God that. Because I see him in his creation. Hearing my friend Randy do that over and over again, just ingrained in it in my head that God's right there in the creation, singing his praises and trying to let us know that God is right there. Now, if you start doing this, the bad news is once you start seeing God in his creation, you can't not. You'll just start seeing him. But the good news is once you start seeing him in his creation, he'll show himself to you even more. You, you take some time in October out of your way and drive down to Millage Circle and look at that tree and just slow down and really look at it, I guarantee you God will start showing you other really amazing things in there. Because that's what he does. God's not hiding. He wants us uh, to know him. And when he does that, when he, try, when he shows himself to you, whatever it is, I hope you'll share it with others. And that's a little challenge I want to leave us with. Um, I'm, I'm just about, I'm, I'm getting close to being done. I know I've been going for a while. Introducing the theme and doing a talk is a lot in one. So um, I would love to be able to promise you that I won't normally talk this long, but I can't make that promise. Um, <laughs> but here's a challenge I want to leave us with. Between now and next Thursday, when you see something really cool in creation, not in nature, in creation, because that reminds us that God made it. When you see something cool in creation, take a picture of it. And if you've got Instagram, post on your Instagram and tag at UGA underscore CCS. That's, that's, that's our Insta. You should follow it if you don't. But take the picture and tag UGA underscore CCS. We'll share it in our story so more, more people, more people, more people, um, so more people can see it. Okay, if Instagram's not your thing, we've got a group me. You can share it in there. I mean, let's share with one another when we see God just being the creator that he is. Okay, um, one of our students, uh, Nicholas, a couple, I guess a week or so ago, started a CCF uh, nature appreciation chat, and uh, he's going to post that link again in a few days. So if, you, if you're seeing these pictures, you're like, this is cool, I wish I could see more of this. Well, there's a whole group me for that. Uh, Nicholas will post that link uh, a little bit later on uh, the next couple of days if, if that's something you're interested in. But I want to encourage us, I know, it's, I know it's early in the semester and things are crazy, but y'all, I mean, Ferris Bueller was right. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And you'll miss God showing off. That's all God's doing with that ginkgo tree. It's just showing off in creation. He showed off when he made my two little girls, too, because they're awesome. Thankfully, they look a lot more like their mommy than they look like me. Um, but hey, take the picture of something cool you see in creation. Share it on Insta and tag UGA underscore CCS. And keep coming back to this question. What do you see when you look at creation? I mean, me, I see a creator God who's gone to great lengths to get our attention so that we'll see him, so we can get to know him 
and so we can know his son Jesus. Because even from the very beginning, every story whispers Jesus' name. If we'll just listen to it and see him in God's creation, see Jesus' fingerprints all over creation. Because like God said, it was perfect. So let's point out that, that perfection to one another. Help, help us see that. When, uh, when I'm done, uh, I always do kind of a blessing. So if this is kind of your first time to kind of unpack what's about to happen. Uh, there's going to be a, a blessing going to pop up on the screen. It's just kind of a, it's a, kind of a, a hope for us, a prayer over us. It's, a, it's a, um, kind of a may something be the case for us, which is really what a blessing is. Uh, the beginning of it comes from one, another one of Paul's letters, that first ever Christian missionary. It comes from uh, a book called 2 Corinthians. It's actually the last verse of 2 Corinthians. And then I always add a little part uh, at the end that kind of goes along uh, with what we've been talking about. Uh, and so I will kind of say that blessing uh, over us, then I'll pray, and the band will come back up here, and we will, uh, we will worship some more. We will continue worshiping. Um, but again, the blessing's kind of long. I don't want the blessing to be the one thing you remember. If you remember it, cool, great. But I want that question to be the thing you remember. What do you see when you look at creation? Because what we do with questions, I think, says a lot about us. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all as we join in the song of the stars and the streams and the wind and the trees, the wonderful song of love to the one who made us. Let's pray together. God, you've made it, and it is good. We, uh, we thank you for being not just our creator, but the creator of the universe. We thank you that the leaves changing color was your idea. We thank you that you put every star right where it is. You put each of us right where we are, that you knitted us together. God, help us to see your creation for exactly what it is. a billboard that points to you. God, I pray that you would slow us down enough to see the flowers and the stars and, and the sunrises and the sunsets, that we would be able to recognize you as the creator and that we would join in the song that creation sings, praising you for being who you are. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.